Stevenson centers, and the loose puck was put on. Rebound shot blocked. Now Eichel scores. The third rebound goes for Eichel. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Marcia Selwright to the circle. White Cloud shoots. He scores. Doing his best. Jack Eichel finds the opening. Top shelf. Sharp angle for White Cloud. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here's your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard, Chris Chapman live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports, Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215 Home of the VGK Insider Show coming to you live from Studio 31 at City National Arena where the Vegas Golden Knights have returned to practice. Just wrapping up today's workout after a couple of days up north in Montana for some team building. We will get you some uh, reaction, uh, some comments uh, from that team building as well as a little bit of... Bruce Cassidy, and uh, we'll hear from uh, the coach as he gets back to work for this final week of the preseason with games tomorrow, Thursday, and Saturday. Tomorrow, the final home game of the preseason at T-Mobile Arena, take on the Arizona Coyotes, and then they're in Salt Lake City for a road game against L.A. Yeah, and then a home game at Boise on Saturday. <laughs> Those uh, neutral site games are a little bit uh, different, but uh, we'll see what the lineup looks like uh, this week. I anticipate... Uh, Probably a little bit more of a opening night flavor. One of these games, I don't think it'll be tomorrow night. Uh, we'll see whether it's uh, Salt Lake on Thursday or Saturday game against Boise. But the first segment belongs to you, 702-876-1340. I'm sure the phone lines are buzzing already as our uh, faithful uh, chime in. But for those, if you've never called before, give us a dingle, and uh, we will uh, love to chat with you about uh, what's going on around the Vegas Golden Knights, 702 702- 876-1340. Looking forward to uh, getting the reaction from what was a uh, interesting game against the San Jose Sharks. Way too many goals against. Sure. But boy, oh boy, did that Jack Eichel, Riley Smith, Phil Kessel line light it up. Yeah, I mean, I think that there were a couple of takeaways you, you have in that game against the San Jose Sharks. One, the line of Phil Kessel, Jack Eichel, and Riley Smith have chemistry you can tell that there's something with those two players Kessel to Eichel seems like it's a a combination that is going to give some teams some real trouble uh and and you know I like the idea of Phil Kessel setting up Jack Eichel because if if Jack's going to take those shots he's going to score those it's going to also in turn lead to more opportunities for Phil to put the puck in the back of the net I thought Paul Cotter was again noticeable and a, a player to me that I'm sure we'll talk about at some point Jake LeCision in that game was very, very fun to watch. He was taking the body in on the four check, and then, of course, he has that that fight in the third period. I, I thought it was one of those games where Jake was a very noticeable player for the Golden Knights. Golden Knights uh, cut down their numbers uh, prior to the uh, trip uh, to Montana, so we have uh, 15 forwards, eight defensemen, uh, two goaltenders left in camp. Let's go to the phone line, 702-876-1340. Line number one, Stephanie, welcome to the program. Hey guys, how are you doing? We're doing great. How are you? I'm pretty good. So speaking of goaltenders, that was actually kind of the thing that stuck out to me that I wanted to ask your guys' opinion on. And that's that Michael Hutchinson got uh, 
wait before getting a full game. And I understand that, you know, we can't hot carry three goaltenders. But um, I thought it was really interesting he got waived before getting a full game, especially seeing the game that we saw from Aiden Hill. So also with that, I understand that he was playing against his old team, so it might not be as easy to judge his skill set from that game versus a different game against a team that's not as familiar with him. Yeah, the, the goaltending is going to be uh, very much uh, kept uh, uh, under the watchful eye of all fans uh, this year. So he, here's what I can tell you a little bit about what's going on. Uh, one, uh, Hill and Thompson were in the NHL at the end of last year. So they would have an upper hand on the goaltending just from a stock market, uh, the way to look at it. Uh, Michael Hutchison played in the National Hockey League, but hasn't been a regular uh, in a while. Uh, The other part is that some teams will use the middle of camp to try and sneak a player through waivers. So Hutchison is available for uh, the rest of the league uh, for 24 hours because he's been uh, around. He's a veteran enough uh, netminder. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche put uh, Jonas Johansson on waivers uh, the day before or two days before, and he got picked up by the Arizona Coyotes. They tried to slip him through. Uh, I don't know whether this is what Vegas was looking at or not, but having watched that and saying, okay, somebody's already picked up the goaltender that they were waiting for, they, they took that chance, we might be able to slide Hutchinson through and get him through. And once you clear waivers, Stephanie, you don't have to clear waivers. You, you don't have to be put out there on the wire for uh, the rest of the league for another 30 days. So it, it buys them some time. And that's exactly what happened. Hutchinson cleared, uh, and now he can be recalled. He can play tomorrow night and, and might play tomorrow night or might play Thursday or might play Saturday. Uh, as much as they want, they can recall him, uh, and, and he's part of their process. So I wouldn't say that the jobs necessarily are, are cemented. Like, Aiden Hill's got to go out, and he's got to have a good performance uh, before this camp ends uh, to satisfy uh, some some question marks that that maybe uh, are lingering around. Uh, but uh, but at this point, it's one A, one B, and then there's a little bit of separation with Hutchinson. Yeah, and and I think your point on waivers is is really the biggest one to kind of take away in this is that it doesn't mean just because. Uh, you put Michael Hutchinson on waivers to try to sneak him through, that that's the end of the audition for Michael Hutchinson. Everything's an audition every single game. Uh, you know, kind of to your point, Stephanie, about Aiden Hill and, and his performance, it, it certainly wasn't the one that he was wanting. It wasn't the one that he was looking for. But, you know, I, I do look at Aiden Hill. I do look at the skill set that he has. And, you know, I look at Friday as kind of a Murphy's Law game, right? Like, yeah. it was one of those things. And, and look no further than the seventh goal against. Like, it, it, it's one of those plays where you do that a, a thousand times. The puck's never going to mm-hmm. go in. It just happened to go in at that time. So that was the one off the glass, the, the off net, the, glass, the back and in. Yeah. Net, back and in. So, you know, I'm not going to judge everything based on, on on Aiden Hill from that game, but should he get another game, you're looking for progression. You're looking for him to get better and, and closer to uh, the type of goaltender you expect him to be or hope that he can be come, uh, come regular season. Cool. Um, I have one more question specifically about um, Hutchinson being waived. And so if he, he cleared, right? Yep. So how does his salary affect the salary cap now? Because I thought because he made a certain amount, but some of it's still going to be on the cap or is it he's, if he's in Henderson, his um, salary is completely removed. You're, you're right. The, if you make a, a, a certain amount of money uh, and on a one-way deal, 
you're, you're, there is a percentage that does against the count against the salary cap. Uh, this one with Michael Hutchinson is is minimal uh, because of uh, of his low uh, salary on the one way cap. So uh, I wouldn't say it's it's totally insignificant because we know every dollar counts. Uh, look at the the negotiations taking place with with Nick Hague right now and that restricted uh, free agent. But uh, but I don't think it's uh, it's not something that is going to be problematic. Uh, the the Golden Knights knew when they signed Michael Hutchinson, he was going to be their tweener. Their guy called up uh, whether it's uh, behind Robin Leonard and Logan Thompson or now Aiden Hill. Uh, he was going to be uh, filling that role and they wanted a little bit more experience. So that was an investment they made uh, in, in Michael Hutchinson on, on that side of it. But to, to, it's a great question because a lot of people uh, will think that just because your salary is down in the American Hockey League, you don't count at all uh, towards a salary cap, uh, which is not totally accurate on that front. Uh, thanks, Stephanie. Appreciate it. Uh, a line open, 702-876-1340-876-1340. Call us right now. Uh, Charlie, you're next yes, up sir. on the VGK Insider uh, I'm Show. confused on, again, waivers and the salary cap. I'm going to give you a hypothetical. Maybe you could answer this. Let's say Brassois, you know, 15 days from now is healthy. The Knights decide to waive him. Nobody picks him up. And we send him to the Silver Knights. Is he still counting against the salary cap of the Golden Knights or not? There is a percentage. Again, uh, it de- it depends. Like sometimes it could be up to uh, a million, uh, I believe, uh, against the salary cap for a player that uh, that is uh, sent down. There might be a loophole where where it can jump up a, a little bit more, but not the whole salary. So in in Bersois, Example that you cite, uh, not all of his uh, two uh, million plus would count against the Vegas Golden Knights salary cap uh, if he's pet clears waivers and ends up uh, with the with the Henderson Silver Knights. Now, would the, the Silver would the Knights still have to pay his two plus million, or the Silver Knights pick that up? Who pays for that? Uh, well, they're all owned by the same company, so okay. uh, Bill, Bill Foley and his partners. Uh, would pay for that. It would. Uh, you're right. So if the, if it's different, it's, it's it comes out of the Vegas Golden Knights coffers, mm. but uh, but it's just where that salary gets allocated. I don't know whether you're involved in business or not, but it, one of the one of the biggest things that you, you end up learning uh, when you when you get into uh, a company is uh, sizing up budgets. I don't want that against my budget. That goes against your budget because I, I don't want to eat up my, my budget with that, uh, even though they're, they're doing uh, maybe a contribution for the same type of company, whether it's uh, the promotions department or whether the on-air department. Uh, so so that's, that's the big question about something like that is wh- whose budget will it count against? Will it go against the salary cap of the Vegas Golden Knights? And there's, just, there's a percentage that will count against the NHL salary cap, but it will be paid predominantly by the Henderson Silver Knights. I don't know whether it's that a, that, that so answers totally. would still get his two plus million, he, even he, though totally. he's not playing yeah. for the Golden yeah. Knights. Well, yeah, absolutely. No, no. There's some players, mm-hmm. Charlie, that are on two way deals, and and you can be paid uh, three million in the NHL and two hundred thousand in the American Hockey League. That type of okay. thing, or or most. Notably, uh, normally it would be like you'd be paid seven ninety five, seven hundred ninety five thousand dollars in the in the NHL, and you might get paid two fifty uh, in the American Hockey League. Uh, but those those are what you call a two way deal. In Brassois' case, 
he's on a one-way contract, so he's getting his full salary no matter what. And just to add a little bit, uh, as I'm, I'm going through Cap Friendly here, when it comes to Michael Hutchinson, I'm glad that that was kind of brought up here, is that Michael Hutchinson's salary this year in the in the NHL seven hundred and fifty thousand, but he does have a minor salary of four hundred thousand. So, uh, interesting nugget there with Michael Hutchinson's contract. But as as Darren mentioned, uh, when you look at Laurent Brossois and the way that his contract's broken down, uh, it's three million at the NHL level or three million at the AHL level. Uh, there's no deviation between his salary uh, to to account for where in in he's he's actually playing his hockey. Well, I see why they have capologists on each team. This stuff is so confusing. <laughs> it's it's really, uh, you get into the weeds on it, Charlie, and it gets uh, all over the place. So it causes your, your head to spin, as you can tell, is with me trying to explain right. that. Uh, so if they did waive them, they, they don't, may have to like a million against the cap rather than two-plus million. Yeah, and I'm not sure that 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 breakdown. I, to be honest, I don't go that far into it, but I do know that if if a one way deal is demoted and you clear waivers, there is a percentage that counts, Ryan. Yeah, and okay. and Just so much. Now, I guess kind of the big the big thing here is as Darren mentioned, when it comes to the salary cap, every dollar for for this Golden Knights team is important because they are a team that is going to spend to the salary cap, and and I'm not sure if. You know, some of this, some of the questions surrounding the salary cap are are trying to to figure out where the Golden Knights are at against the salary cap, and and probably where the money is for say signing Nick Hague. Yeah. Uh, but you know, from from all intents and purposes, based on LTIR, what we expect without uh, with with Robin Leonard not playing this year with. Uh, the contract of Shea Weber um, and Nolan Patrick not playing. The Golden Knights are going to have some wiggle room when it comes to the cap to uh, you theoretically sign Nick Hague, uh, but also have something maybe to play with when it comes to the, the trade deadline. So a lot of questions, uh, especially when it comes to goaltending and, and how that's going to shake out. But, um, you know, the minutia of the salary cap, I, I think that you, you you recognize and understand that there are, are options on the table for the Golden Knights to take care of their business, mainly being Nick Hague, uh, and still figure out if there's something that they need to tweak down the, down the line. Yeah, it's it's fascinating <laughs> when you realize the dollars, and then you've got uh, goaltenders, mm-hmm. three goaltenders, yeah. up, and, and Bressois is expected to be healthy uh, at some point here in the next number of weeks mm-hmm. that you will have to make a decision on that. When it comes to waivers, Logan Thompson is waiver exempt. Right. He can be sent to the American Hockey League without being exposed to any other team. Now, if he's your number one guy, sure. you're not doing that. You might have to you, then you have to decide do we carry three goaltenders mm-hmm. or do we uh, take a chance in trying to slide somebody through waivers. Yeah, and and that's going to be the real big thing when it comes to Laurent Brossois and the timing of it, right? Because, you know, you you go into a season Traditionally, all 32 teams are going to have their two goaltenders. They're going to have the guys that they are expecting. So can you more easily sneak a guy through during the season? Perhaps, but if there's an injury around the league or if there's some uh, something going on with goaltenders, uh, that's where it gets a little bit tricky. So the timing on Laurent Brossois is going to be interesting and how Logan Thompson and Aiden Hill are playing at that time when Brossois is healthy, ready, and available, that's going to really go a long way in determining what ends up happening there. Uh, there's a, a cat and mouse game with waivers, too, when teams <laughs> watch. Do we want to put this player, this forward, uh, this defenseman, this goaltender out there yeah. uh, and try and slide through? Does, does anybody else have injuries right now mm-hmm. that they may have to supplement their roster? Well, we don't want to put them on just yet. 
do we do it now before people get injured then? Uh, take a chance on that. Uh, or did somebody pass uh, a good player that might be picked up through waivers yesterday mm. and that player wasn't picked up? So everybody's status quo might be a good time to slide through. It's uh, it's if there's more to it than just the dollars, actually, there's a <laughs> yeah. lot of timing uh, that involves waivers. And in fairness, the the idea of having at least one goaltender that is waivers exempt gives you a little bit of time to play with, too. There's not that, again, if, as you mentioned, if Logan Thompson's your guy, great. But if you are going into a situation where you feel like a goaltender could get claimed based on the landscape of the league or what you're hearing, whatever you have the option of buying yourself a little bit more time if you're able to, to if you go the, the route of Logan Thompson's waiver exempt, he's going to be the guy that gives us a little bit of extra time. Uh, I, I think the, the goaltending uh, side of it is pretty good right now. Like, there's yeah. there's not a lot of uh, dancing that's going on with the Vegas Golden Knights or uh, any type of uh, knot in the stomach. Uh, they've got Hill. They've got Thompson. Mm-hmm. They're happy with him. Uh, Hutchinson has cleared waivers. Uh, he's got the, the, the large... American Hockey League contract, which is part of why a team might not pick him up, mm-hmm. because if they end up, they've got to put him on the NHL roster, and then when they go to to set him down, if that's the case, they they've got an injury and things get back to, to normal, then they've got to pay that four hundred grand for an American Hockey League salary. Yeah. that's a big hit for a lot of teams. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that's uh, something that would uh, dissuade uh, some clubs with with going forward uh, for for Michael Hutchinson. Uh, the way the Golden Knights are going forward for these final three games. They can play all three goaltenders if they want mm-hmm. uh, and be comfortable. And I think that they're they're confident and, and like the way things have progressed. And uh, Hill and Thompson look like that will be your, your tandem uh, going forward. Yeah, I, I am. You know, one of those things, I, I wonder kind of how you set it up right now because we just had Aiden Hill coming off of a game. But if you were going with a strict rotation, down the stretch here in the preseason, then that would mean Logan Thompson will get Arizona twice. I kind of want to see maybe a a, a change in the rotation just to get Logan Thompson into a game, uh, another game against the LA Kings. I I like the idea of having Logan against LA on one of these, on on one of those trips out. Uh, But, you know, we'll see how it all shakes down. I, I think that Logan Thompson's been really, really good, and the team defense in front of him has been fantastic in the games that he has played. Aiden Hill, I want to see what he does in his next start. That's the big well, that's the big one for me, Aiden Hill in his next start. Uh, goaltending, let's go right to the source here in, in Bruce Cassidy, the mm-hmm. man that's uh, making the, the big decisions. Yeah. Uh, we're going we're gonna to hear from Bruce uh, after uh, he does uh, the media uh, today. And following the practice this afternoon, it was a late practice at City National Arena as the players arrived back from, from Montana. But Bruce, uh, because there was no practice this morning, decided to uh, <laughs> accept the invitation of uh, joining Gary Lawless and Dave Gosher on nighttime at noon and was asked about an update on the goaltending situation. Here's Bruce. Well, I think LT has is, 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 uh, played very well, uh, certainly has a leg up on, on the guys. I think that's... Uh, been evidence short sample size as well uh, so let's see how this week plays out um, he had the net last year in front of this group so I think that gave him a built-in advantage I think the guys really had faith in him being able to do the job he'll uh, uh, play the other night I don't think we're great in front of him early and there's some he could have stopped to you know give us a chance to get back in I think he'd be the first to tell you it wasn't his best but at the end of the day they're gonna get more opportunity both of them um, 
and those are the two main guys right now. Uh, LB is still injured, so will not be in the mix to start the year. Michael Hutchinson came in, uh, has, has done what he's been asked, but to me at the end of the day, it's um, more about the other two right now, and we'll see how that plays out by uh, by Sunday. Pretty clear mm-hmm. when, when you listen to the head coach, and that's why they're carrying two goaltenders for this final week. Yeah, and I think that, you, that you're kind of past the point of mainly making your evaluations when it comes to goaltenders. Right now, I think this is Bruce Cassidy picking his two guys and doing what he needs to do this week to get them ready for the regular season because it's a unique and new situation for this organization with, you know, in terms of proven starting goaltenders at the NHL level. I think that it makes a lot of sense for Bruce Cassidy to kind of say, you know what, I've got Logan Thompson, I've got Aiden Hill, and the job this week for the Golden Knights, the coaching staff, everybody, is to get those two guys ready to go for game one of the regular season. Look, we look at Logan Thompson right now as having a head start because of the way he finished last year. Yeah. That was said yeah. early on by, mm-hmm. by Bruce Cassidy. Aiden Hill is viewed as a National Hockey League goaltender right now. Mm-hmm. And Michael Hutchinson is a tweener. That's what he's been the last number of years. You could keep everybody around and have an open battle for the goaltending spot, or you make things a little less complicated yeah. by presenting it to Thompson and Hill, and Hutchinson is... 30 minutes away, 20 minutes away sure. in, in, in Henderson and could end up playing a preseason game. But uh, it takes away a lot of the distractions and, and, and eliminates any drama. And it, it goes back to something Bruce Cassidy said after the game on Friday where, you know, you, at some point you just kind of want to have your team here. You just want to start working with the group that you're going to have in the regular season. I, I think that, again, if – if you're Bruce Cassidy in this situation and you've pretty clearly got your two guys, start working with your two guys to get them where they need to be. Uh, Bruce is going to speak to the media in a couple of minutes. Uh, we'll bring you that sound, uh, likely to lead off hour number two regarding uh, the coach getting back to work with his players today and what uh, is in store for the final three preseason games. So I'm sure there's going to be some questions about the roster transactions that took place uh, early Saturday morning and uh, in getting this team down to those uh, 15 forwards, 8 defensemen and and 2 goaltenders and is there going to be a comment about goaltending in there? I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure there there will be. So uh, we'll just be able to uh, to loop back on that. But uh, the forward lines, uh, the way they they are right now, and, and William Carrier wasn't out of practice mm-hmm. today. Uh, he remains sidelined. But uh, you, you've got your your line sort of pretty uh, obvious uh, going into these final three games uh, in Vegas in Salt Lake. And Boise. Yeah, you do. And, you know, it's basically exactly what we've seen this point uh, to this point in, in training camp. You've got Riley Smith alongside Jack Eichel and Phil Kessel, Jonathan Marcheseau with Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone, Brett Howden with William Carlson, Michael Amadio, and then Paul Cotter on that fourth line with Nick Waugh and Keegan Colasar. That, that's a good line. Uh, Jonas Rombjerg, Jake Lecision also still in camp, and Will Carrier, as you mentioned, uh, did not skate today. So probably going to hopefully get an update on Will Carrier and, and, and when he'll be available for the Golden Knights. But right now, uh, I, I, like the, I, I like the mix of where the Golden Knights are, what their depth is in, in terms of this lineup. And, you know, Paul Cotter, if he can build a little bit of chemistry with Nick Waugh, if Will Carrier is not ready to go for opening night. That'll be interesting. Yeah, Paul Cotter's been a, a real bright spot in this training camp. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. But other than that, like, there hasn't been a lot of surprises. Things have been rolled out for us from the yeah. players like we'd expect them to be rolled out. Yeah, I mean, you know, the fact that Jonas Ronberg and Jake LeCision are still here, mm-hmm. it, it makes sense because of all the time that they had last year yeah. and the improvements that are made as a player when you're in the NHL for an extended period of time. You come to camp, you everything just kind of feels better. And, you know, to me, I, I'm not surprised that this is what's left right now in camp for the Golden Knights. It makes a lot of sense. Paul Cotter, as you mentioned, has been a, a, a bit of... Uh, maybe a shot in the arm, so to speak, but it, it all makes a lot of sense with where the Golden Knights are at right now going into this final week of training camp. Let's take a break. We'll come back with uh, the names of some of those players that uh, were assigned to the Henderson Silver Knights who opened camp today. Uh, we'll discuss uh, the likes of Brandon Brisson, uh, Daniel Cheka, uh, as well as Pavel Dorofiev, uh, and among others. But uh, uh, interesting group of names down in Henderson, what we expect to see from them and uh, what will earn their way back to the big club. It's the VGK Insider Show from Studio 31 at City National Arena where the Vegas Golden Knights have just uh, wrapped up practice. Uh, Butch Cassidy also on the way. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Fun stuff out of Studio 31 today. Kicked off at noon with Gary Lawless and Dave Gosher. Nighttime at noon at Fox Sports Las Vegas. And uh, here we are, uh, first hour of the VGK Insider Show. We will get to uh, what's happening out in Henderson with the Silver Knights uh, opening camp. Oh, but uh, also want to tell you that uh, we are expecting Bush Cassidy sound to come in. Uh, Bruce Cassidy uh, meeting with the media uh, in just uh, a little bit, and we'll give you a taste of uh, what uh, queries are coming his way from the scribes downstairs, uh, revolving around all the roster transactions, uh, some of what we expect the the final uh, three games this week, and uh, might be a, a little bit uh, about the the blue line uh, mm-hmm. too, because uh, that's an interesting part of the, this team. We haven't we haven't spent a lot of time because it's it's mainly made up of uh, returning guys, mm-hmm. and the big question is Nick Hag's future and whether he'll be part of this group uh, at the start uh, of the of the season. Status quo. Like, I haven't heard anything regarding uh, any negotiations mm-hmm. uh, as of yet, although the dollars do seem to be coming into place when you look around at different guys who, who have signed. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if if things do get done prior to the start of the season and uh, before anybody misses a paycheck, mm-hmm. uh, Nick. Uh, but uh, the, the eight defensemen that you do have in camp, the guys that have been mentioned in a battle for jobs, uh, Ben Hutton, Mm-hmm. Uh, is has been brought up there, uh, the veteran guy. Then you've got uh, Caden Korzak, the kid, and then somebody right in the middle is uh, Jake Bischoff. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's it's really a, it's a three horse race at this point right now for the Vegas Golden Knights, and that changes if there's a Nick Hague contract that's, mm-hmm. that gets signed between now and and the beginning of the of the season. But right now, for all intents and purposes, you've got Ben Hutton. Uh, and Caden Korzak and Jake Bischoff all fighting for that spot to play alongside, say, a Zach Whitecloud. And, you know, when you're when you're looking at kind of this training camp for the Golden Knights, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, Bischoff's been here from the beginning. Bischoff's been around this organization for a long time. And then you've got Caden Korzak, who I think has really, really taken a huge step. And, and he's progressed 
in it, this season or this year in a very predictable and linear way. He was great at development camp. He was great in the rookie games, stood out, and I think that you start to stack that momentum on top of one another. And he's had a really good training camp. He's had some strong games. So um, I think there's, you know, it's kind of a, a three-horse race. Who's going to win out? That's going to be an interesting one once it kind of, once we get there. But for, for right now, the Golden Knights, it, you've got five of the six spots that are accounted for and we we recognize that you're playing for that last spot and to be an extra and again it it can change with nick haig signing a contract but for right now i think the golden knights are in good shape defensively korzak's got that uh big year of professional experience behind Mm -hmm. him to get uh his his feet wet and and get acclimatized to what goes on uh jake bischoff played seven games in the last two years. Yeah. He was yeah. taxi squad uh, a couple of years ago, then suffered the, the tendon damage and the broken kneecap. Uh, he's come back. He basically missed all of last year. Uh, it's great to see him around the ranks. Mm-hmm. He's got such a positive attitude. I've always loved his game. Uh, can he work his way? Uh, because he, he was a guy that was on the cusp of, of challenging for a regular spot in the, the NHL. He now looks like he's inside that window again. Yeah. Uh, making that push. And Ben Hutton is the veteran guy who's been scrapping and clawing professional triad offers, signed late last year, who just, uh, when he when he comes in, he does everything that he needs to do to earn that contract. He's back in that spot now. Yeah, I mean, there's a versatility to Ben Hutton's game, but I think that there's also a versatility to, to Jake Bischoff. And just just the the ability to be resilient for Jake is is really really key here. Like you're talking about a player that that did everything you needed to do to get yourself back to a position where, you know, you arguably were two and a half years ago. And that can't be easy. It's not an easy road for Jake Bischoff to be here, but he's not here just because it's a feel good story. He's played some really good hockey in this training camp. Uh, others that you look at Daniel Cheka, mm-hmm. uh, he was reassigned to the Henderson silver Knights. I think there was a lot of flash that we, that we saw with Daniel Cheka and, uh, promise uh with Daniel <laughs> yeah, Cheka. Yeah. Uh Mirmanov is is not uh, healthy mm-hmm. to to be able to play He's still recovering from uh off season surgery. So uh, there's still another player that uh, that we'd love to be able to see in this mix uh right now when he gets back into the fold uh what will it look like uh, for the uh order of call-ups. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it depends the left shot, right shot, what you're looking to stay at home a little bit more uh jam uh, a little bit more uh, sizzle so uh there, there's a i think a, a, a nice little roster of players here yeah there is i, I mean you know daniel Marimanov was so so fun last year for the vegas golden knights it's, it's a bummer that he wasn't healthy for this training camp because i i was curious to see how that experience last year was going to translate here for him in, in this training camp daniel Cheka, though like you're talking about a guy that's got confidence at the offensive blue line and at his own blue line to stand up and, and, and stop plays he was very very impressive for the golden knights in training camp perhaps one of the one of the names that, that jumped out most to me that i wasn't necessarily expecting to going into mm-hmm. this one uh he was making plays and to you know as as a young player you're going to have to do that at the American Hockey League level. And if you keep making plays and you keep dominating in those situations, then first call-up's going to come down to where's the fit? What's the hole that you need to replace? And who is playing well at the time? For Daniil Cheka, I would take what he did in this training camp and I would just try to build on it and build on it and build on it because he showed flashes 
of the type of player that can absolutely play at the NHL level. He's, he's done so much already by just putting himself on the radar mm-hmm. yeah, and grabbing the attention. Yeah. That now you don't have to go down and do everything to a, a certain level to get in front of Kelly McCrimmon and uh, what you have to do to, to make sure everybody's looking at you. Uh, so that that's huge. And now he just, as you said, layers it little by little mm-hmm. and, and comes along. Uh, Pavel Dorofiev is an interesting one, mm-hmm. too. Uh, he, he was uh, sent down. We'll get to Bernie Brisson, uh during this uh, segment. But Dorofiev, he could score. He could put the he could put the puck in the net and put up points. Yeah, yeah, it's it's instincts for him. You know, you just you watch him play the game, and and he's in the right spot at the right time. I thought the the ability to to kind of play on Friday, um, in in a in a bit more elevated role. Like I, I thought, Pavel Dorfeev was really really good. He, he was alongside Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone in that line. When when the kind of the switch from from Marcheseau to Dorfeev happened, I, I noticed Dorfeev fitting in seamlessly with those two players. And when you're talking about a Golden Knights team that boasts Mark Stone and Chandler Stevenson and Jack Eichel, when you can find a spot and and keep up with the likes of Stevenson and Stone, it's a good thing for you. I, I, I think that you're you're talking about a player that's smart, that knows where to go, has great instincts. And you're right. He he can you give him the puck in the right spot. He can put it in the back of the net. I feel like we we talk a lot about Lasishin who can play anywhere yeah. uh, up front. Uh, certainly Paul Cotter, who can uh, score and can bang bodies around. Ron Bierk. Dorofiev may not have the physical attributes, but I think he's in that same mix of being a very valuable and potential call-up when that need arises. And we haven't talked about him as much because certainly – Ron Bierg and Lasician were up for a large amount of time and we're more familiar with them. And Cotter's been the uh, the, the golden boy uh, in training camp. But yeah. but Dora Fiev, I have no doubt that he is he is right there as, as somebody that could, could come up and give this team a jolt uh, of offensively at any point during the year. Yeah, I mean, I, I would make the argument that based on what we saw at a training camp and what we've seen uh, out of Pavel Dora Fiev, that if you have a need in you know, your second or third line, middle six, he's kind of the guy that I think yeah. can, can do that. I, You're certainly not going to, to call him up and ask him to, to, to join a fourth line for the Vegas Golden Knights, but I do think that there's a scoring touch that's there, and if that's where the opportunity arises during the season for the Vegas Golden Knights, if you need someone that can score goals or at least has that offensive instinct, I think Dorofiev gets right to the front of the line there. What about Brendan Brisson? And what we saw in training camp and uh, Brendan Brisson being part of the uh, transactions over the course mm-hmm. of the weekend, uh, there was some speculation, What? why was he sent down? I looked at it as this is a very natural journey that Brisson is on. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, if he would have scored five goals in training camp, yeah, he, he's around for the second week uh, of the preseason. But to be able to go through full training camp with Manny Viveros and his staff with the Henderson Silver Knights and and come up through that, I, I think is is a logical uh, choice given the the jobs that are necessarily not open up mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's again, it's you know you look at for for a player like Brendan Brisson, you're looking at a top six player, or, or that's that's the hope, right? That 
when you are developing Brisson and you get him to a point where he's on an NHL roster, it's in a top six role with power play minutes and he's scoring meaningful goals for you. So you allow a player like that to have time to grow into what they can become in professional sports. Brisson has done it at every level that he's played, but he hasn't played a lot of hockey at the AHL level. I have no issue whatsoever with the Golden Knights going that route with Brendan Brisson because you don't have a top six opening right now. You don't have an opening for Brisson on the wing on your t- in your top six, and if that's the case, allow Brendan to gain his confidence in a professional setting and, and allow him to learn what it's like to be a pro and let him go down and dominate. That's that's best case scenario for Brendan Brisson. He goes just be part of that group from the or, start. Or, I love yeah. that idea from yeah. the from they they started training camp in in Henderson today. Don't be up here for the second week. And there's nothing wrong with being up here mm-hmm. for the second week, but to start camp with everybody else and go through that from the beginning, uh, it it makes sense. Yeah, and and it can it can manifest in a lot of different ways. Like there can be a lot of ownership and there can be some leadership stuff for, for Brendan Brisson kind of going into that situation and being a part of the Henderson Silver Knights from opening day of their training camp. I, I'm with you. I I just I look at it, the opening for Brisson wasn't there right now. It's not to say it won't be there at some point during the season. It's not to say that Brendan Brisson isn't going to be an effective NHL player. It, just, it would have taken something extraordinary. He had to be yeah. next, next level. As you mentioned, five goals in three games, something to that effect in order for you to start saying, okay, well, can we can we tweak the top six? Can we tweak different ways to get Brendan Brisson in there? Instead, let him figure things out. Let him go through building as part of a team from the beginning in a professional setting. I don't see anything anything wrong with that at all. I, I would use the word unspectacular training camp from a news standpoint. Would you buy into that? Like there hasn't been – Paul Cotter's been, been yeah, great. He's, yeah. he's put himself on the map. But mm-hmm. there hasn't been anything else extraordinarily big, headline-making. And – when I say an unspectacular training camp from a news perspective, that's a really good thing yeah. compared to a year ago where there was all <laughs> kinds of injuries and and you didn't know what you were going to do. And the opening night lineup uh, mm-hmm. featured Dorofiev because mm-hmm. uh, there was so much uh, cat management and juggling things around. This has been steady as she goes. And it, and it may seem like there, what's going on? There, there, there should be more battles for jobs. Uh, didn't make the playoffs last year. Uh, no, uh, you you ran this group back, uh, and and you're hoping that everybody's healthy. You're trying some new combinations. That might be the biggest story right now is the new combinations and whether they hold mm-hmm. going forward. But everything else is just let's let's keep getting better with a new coach as we go. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's kind of the big thing is that you've got your roster for for all intents and purposes. There's you know, one or two spots you can maybe make an argument for, right? There's there's one up front and there's one on the blue line. And that is for players to come in and do an exceptional job, like Paul Cotter's done, yeah. to break their way into the mold and break their way into this, this, uh, this lineup. So you like to see that. You like to see what Paul Cotter's done. But outside of that, I mean, if you would have told me a week ago, that we'd be sitting here today with 15 forwards and the extras, so to speak, are Paul Cotter, Jake LeCision, Jonas Ronberg, and, and we, based on what they did last year, 
Yeah, that makes sense to yeah. me because they were the most NHL ready last year, and they're kind of they're rolling that in and and having a really strong camp here. So to me, like the best thing for the Golden Knights is stability. I was talking about that at the end of last year going into this season. It, you want as stable a transition from what the Golden Knights were last year to what they can be this year. And I think getting your combinations buttoned up and, and trying to come up with your top six the way that you want to if you're Bruce Cassidy. You want your depth a certain to, to look a certain way and play a certain way if you're Bruce Cassidy. Getting all that dialed in as early in, in training camp as possible and, and start t- checking those boxes going into the regular season – is important. The fact that it was unspectacular is a good thing for this Golden Knights team. Unspectacular because there's no questions being asked about Mark Stone right now. No. So no. he he's played his first game the other night. Mm-hmm. He's hasn't missed a rotation in any of the practices. Uh, took good part today. In, in the scrimmage was 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 great today. Uh, on on the blue line side of it, uh, you've got some some players making noise, but uh, Alec Martinez is out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, missed missed today, but. Has been back. Yeah, he's he looks good uh, along with Shea uh, Theodore and uh, Braden McNabb and, and everybody's everybody's healthy. Uh, goaltending Logan Thompson has looked spectacular in practice and really good in games. Mm-hmm. I, I I think Logan would actually like some more work if if <laughs> truth be told. Yeah, uh, the, compared to the the four and a half periods that he's played, he's looked really good. And um, Aiden Hill is is getting comfortable all of this under the guidance uh, of a new head coach i think uh the the biggest story to me coming into camp was mark stone Mm -hmm. okay that that's been taken care of then everybody else just just settling in and and getting back will the forward combinations stay the same that's been that's been fun to watch Mm -hmm. i know i know one looks really good (laughs) yeah in 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 eichel and kessel and and smith uh i want to see Stevenson, Stone, and Marsh. So again, yeah, uh, they they played one period the yeah. other night, yeah. and I'm sure we'll see that that group again. Uh, the Carlson with Mario and Howden, mm-hmm. like to see that again, yeah, uh, to see where everything goes. Uh, I'm hopeful that we'll we'll spot Will Carrier in one of these three games uh, out there, but uh, but that that fourth line looks very very comfortable with itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you certainly know that. So. Um, I think it's good. There was a bit of sizzle today, though. A little bit mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. not drama, but eye-catching <laughs> movement out there, and that's Logan Thompson sporting a new bucket. Yeah. How long did it take during practice mm. before you noticed that thing? Um, about a half a second after he got on the ice. Yeah. It, it, okay. Uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful job done on uh, on Logan Thompson's new gold bucket. It is... The shiny, reflective, chrome dome type uh, uh, paint job that the the Golden Knights had with those gold buckets last year. Yeah. Um, the more shine, the better, in my opinion. Like I love the gold buckets. I love anything that's shiny and reflective, uh, especially when it comes to to hockey helmets. So I, I'm all in on Logan Thompson sporting uh, the chrome dome because uh, it, to me. You need more of that in the game, and Logan just is is leaning right into it. So the helmet that he was wearing, or mask, whichever terminology you prefer, that he was uh, been wearing for his training camp is also new. Mm. A lot of goaltenders will have home and away sets. Yeah, whether it's pad gloves and and mask, uh, some people will wear the same mask everywhere they go. I get the feeling that Logan's got a home mask 
and a road mask. I haven't talked to him about this, mm-hmm. but is the gold mask with the gold jerseys, or is that too much gold? What are you thinking? So I, I don't know because we at, at Be no my point, fashion hockey fashion expert at, here. At no point in time last year, since the introduction of the chrome helmets, have we right. seen chrome gold with the gold, gold helmet jerseys. Yeah, yeah. I feel like if I was Logan in this situation, I'd probably go gold helmet with the uh, with the white jerseys on the road. And I'm the opposite. But I. I want to see the gold, this new flashy gold helmet the, mask so, with with the gold jersey. I agree with you. It's and the just, gold pads and the gold blocker and trapper. It's just the the I don't know based on based on Logan's pads and gloves and then the gold in the jersey with the chrome. No, like you've got three different shades of gold there. I, I don't know how that's gonna pan out. Like maybe we'll see it tomorrow. I don't know. I'm hopeful, and we kind of get a tester on it, but. Uh, to me, I think the gold bucket will look better with the whites, um, and then the the mask that he's been wearing uh, kind of goes to me pretty well with with what he's got as far as his current home setup. But you know, we'll see. Got it. We got to ask Logan. We got to be able to be in the locker room. I'll, I'll talk to him tomorrow. Okay. Well, there you go. I'll, Just I'll get find to the bottom out tomorrow. But I don't. I, I I knew he was waiting on a new helmet. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that uh, the mask was going to be that. Shiny, yeah, and that reflective that it had the same sheen as the the gold uh, helmets that mm-hmm. we've we've seen uh, at home the last couple of years. So now I'm like, uh, you're right because we didn't see the gold helmets with the gold jerseys. Uh, is that too much gold? Is <laughs> does that is that possible with a goaltender? Does that complement it? Uh, it's the golden age. It feels like we should have mm-hmm. all the gold that we can handle. I agree. There can never be too much gold. No, I don't um, think so. So uh, we'll, we'll get to the bottom of it. Uh, Bruce Cassidy has spoke. Uh, we'll turn that sound uh, around for you uh, to kick off our number two. Uh, we'll set that one up for you as we continue live from Studio 31 at City National Arena covering the Vegas Golden Knights training camp. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Bruce Cassidy coming up in hour number two of the VGK Insider Show. One-timers, news notes from around the NHL, and Chris Chapman catching up with Chapman. We'll talk to you on the other side of this.